to introduce sorry <laughs> an amazing lady and an amazing friend that is absolutely full to bring him brimming over with her desire to serve the Lord. And we are going to get the overflow and the impartation of that right now. Amen. Are we all all right? And we're all sitting comfortably? Are we all ready to be stirred up? Good. I just need someone to help me with the technical things here. Yeah, it's just that. It needs to go in there. Okay. So I want to speak tonight a little bit about the journey that we are on. We're all on a journey and... um, Every one of us at different stages in our life, um, but I hope I'll bring you some encouragement as well as some challenge. I'd like to play a song to us for uh, the start. It's not a Christian song necessarily, um, but it's a song that uh, you'll be, I think many of you all know the song. But let it, let, Lord, it doesn't have to be a Christian song for it to mean something to us. So, Lord, even now, would you begin to brood over us by your spirit and bring life, Lord, on your word in Jesus' name. I use it as an illustration because that song isn't just about a journey. It's about relationship. And the whole purpose of life is about relationship, isn't it? And in the words of Mike Bickle from the International House of Prayer, there's only one real question that Jesus will ask you is, did you love well? And uh, I'm, I'm not here to say I have perfected this at all by any stretch of the imagination. I have my own fractured relationships around me that are a pain to me and, and a distress. But God, the purpose of Jesus in us is so that we would love others as Jesus loved us and loves us. And this journey that we're on is our opportunity every moment to love well. Yes? So we're on the same page. So I've had a few thoughts as I've been preparing this about the journey or the path. And I was struck by the amount of scripture that talks about the way, the path, the journey, the road. I mean hundreds of scriptures. I couldn't begin to go through them all with you. But you, you will have, if you've read any of the Bible, you will know there are, there are stacks and stacks of scriptures. Even if you just took one of those words like path, um, you know some of them. You have enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. Um, you will show me the path of life. Um, there's, there's lots and lots. I mean, I could, there's, there's stacks of them. The path of the just or the path of the righteous one is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter. You know, our journey, our life shouldn't be a life that diminishes. It shouldn't be. We've become a Christian and things have just gone it should be our lives, as we, as we meet Jesus, we should become full of him and our lives should become an expression of what true abundant life should be. Now, we know that, the, that we have peaks and troughs. We know that it's not just sweet roses every day. But it can... Ref- 
Oh, thank you, sweetheart. It can refer to the timeline of our lives. A path has a beginning and an ending. There is a destination, yes, but the journey is not the destination. We're on a journey to a destination. There may be hills, mountains. There, I think the mountains are just there for Maria, of course. Valleys, turns, barriers, roadblocks, diversions. There may even be stop signs on the journey. But nevertheless, we're all on a journey. Would you agree with me? We're on a journey. Once we're on it... We have to face it. Some people have a harder job than others. Some people's lives are terribly, terribly difficult. And any time we go through anything that's difficult, we should always, like my mum said to me, there's always someone worse off than you. So if I would whinge and complain, she would say, you can stop that. There's always someone worse off than you. So we need to be realising that this journey that we're on is an opportunity for Jesus to impart an encounter into us. He said this, famous words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'll show you the way. I'll show you the truth. He said, I'm it. No man comes to the Father except through me. There wasn't a I'll give you, I'll be a signpost to it for you. If you follow my teachings, you might eventually get there. It was I am. You have to have an encounter with Jesus Christ, the living God, to get to your destination or for anything on your road to be turned around. Tragedy to triumph, difficulty into something better. And he said this, the entrance to life is very interesting. And these are scriptures that we all know. He said this, Jesus' words, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So here he's beginning to make a distinction between the way of Jesus and another way. And there is only the two ways. I think about six weeks or so before my mum passed away, I think she actually knew she was nearing the end of her life and she sat down with with my brother and she just simply said this, there are two paths in this life and you know that you're not on the right one. And I'm sure those words ring in his ears as the last serious conversation his mum had with him before she left this earth. But it's true. There are two paths. There's not many paths to God There's two paths. You're either on the one to life or you're on the one to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Now, I don't think this is saying that it's difficult to meet Jesus. I think this is saying that if you really want a deep encounter and a lifelong walk with Jesus that is growing and deepening, that is what the difficulty is. Lots of people have paid lip service to Jesus and lots of people, mark my words, have said yes in a meeting or some tragedy in their life has led them to Jesus and they have said yes and he's got them out of a mess. And And they are going to heaven. And that is great. He loves them. He loves everyone. But is that all there is? A ticket to heaven? No. There's a journey and a walk. And that's a daily thing that, to some people, is difficult. But it doesn't have to be. 
Good news. Tell your neighbour she's talking to you. Good news. It doesn't have to be difficult. There are few who find it. Say, I'm going to be one of the few. I am one of the few. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus has come to give you abundant life, not a little bit of life, not a little bit here and there, abundant life. That has every promise in it. That is power packed. That is faith fueled. That you could go to the bank on it and you could take that to the Lord any day and say, Lord, this is less than I need the abundant. He's promised it and he isn't a God that will lie. So this, this road that we're on, this, this journey we take, you could sleep through it. I'd call that lazy, wouldn't you? You can race through it. Many people are driven, motivated by worldly success, and they get to the end, the end of their life, and they say, what was all that about? I've made stacks of money, but I've forfeited relationships, love, life. Yes? You can walk through it with this attitude. You know the song, K Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Some people drift through life, seeing what will come across their path, but not really taking anything into account or taking responsibility for it. Or you can waste it. You can take, take all you can and squander any opportunity to do good. These are some responses that people have on this journey. And, uh, and you can, you, you, this, this isn't just people that don't know the Lord. There are some Christians that take this attitude. Oh dear, there's the challenge. Did that land anywhere? Let's hope the Holy Spirit's doing a work. We're not of those people. Or you can surrender it. You can surrender it. And in losing it, you gain it. Isn't that an incredible thing when Jesus says, if you give it up, if you let your life be absorbed in my life, you will gain everything. How does he do that? In surrendering to the Lord and giving it over to him, you gain it. He said this, follow me. Now, in thinking about the way of discipleship, as, as we approach Passover, we're going to be sharing some things that, that are, have encouraged our hearts in helping us to strip back <clears throat> what is of no consequence. <clears throat> on Friday, excuse me, on Friday, we, uh, thanks Steve, we had the prayer school here and Gwen shared a little of her recent journey with Alan to Vietnam. That's right, where you, that's where you want to Vietnam and um, she was telling us about the idolatry the idol worship that takes place there that she encountered and of course it's not just Vietnam it's many nations where idolatry is entrenched in the land she said that you couldn't go anywhere in any home no matter what the stature of the home was where there isn't a, a an altar to a god of some sort and how interesting that when Jesus comes into our heart, we become the altar, we become the temple, we become the house of God, don't we? He says, I'm going to abide with you. If my words abide in, in you and you abide in me, 
I'll never leave you or forsake you. And you become that offering to God. And this whole way of discipleship really helped us. You know, we were thinking about it yesterday. Uh, was yesterday. We were praying about it. And <clears throat> there's so many idols that we allow to be erected in our lives that we don't deliberately do this. We don't go, oh, I'm going to worship a false god. But idolatry can be as simple as um, performing instead of worshipping. In, in lots of different ways, not just singing. I'm talking about, you know, you can be praying to be seen or whatever it might be. And we have to think, uh, it's really helping me to think and strip back and say, Lord, what do you really mean by following you? Well, he means surrender. And that means giving in to the spiritual disciplines that cultivate a walk with Jesus at a deeper level. Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do because that's not my place. It's for me to encourage you to seek after him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, and to ask him daily, what do you need or require of me today? Not do you want, not what do you want me to do? How can I serve you? But what do you want out of my heart? And all this is going on, interestingly. Um, you know, I'm preparing this and having conversations, and I happen to be talking to Rosie today. And uh, she didn't know what I was going to preach about, but we had this conversation. And right there in our conversation, she's given me a great visual aid. So I said to Rosie, would you mind coming and just sharing where you're at in your life at this moment, just for a minute? So we're having this conversation and I'm saying, you know what? There's so much we do as Christians and I don't know that it's, it's really necessary I want to get back to the reality and the authenticity of, of the Christian life. And so she's just shared this quick testimony with me. Um, you know, the Lord does many things in each one of us, but we first have to be supple enough to let him do something in us. And uh, it's very challenging when the Lord puts his finger on something in your life or things <laughs> In, in many cases, it's usually plural. Um, and he wants to build within each one of us um, a character that is a character that um, embodies him. And part of the journey that, that um, I would say probably both Kevin and myself have been going through, um, Eulalie, if you're watching, we love you, we love you, we love you. Eulalie spoke some um, months back when we started doing the School of the Prophets about the different classes there were within the school. And as part of that, the Lord's been really uh, beginning to show uh, me particularly um, areas within the classroom that I've had to linger in. And some I wish I could run out of, but he's had me linger in those classrooms to build character to show me parts of my character that that were not really uh, right and so presently up to today um, the Lord's been provoking 
that hunger within me and, and Kevin because you can't stay the same. You have to keep and continually be changing from one degree to another degree in his presence and in what he wants to do in our lives. So what was your response to that? Our response to that was, Lord, what do we need to do? What are you asking? This is a, a new day and a new way and a new season we're in. Isn't that right, Jenny? So part of that discipline is saying, okay, what is it going to take? And so the Lord began to show Kevin and I what it was going to take for us to step into that next place of being able to hear and see and perceive and and hear and receive afresh. So that discipleship and that discipline isn't always comfortable. How many people know that? Mm. It isn't always comfortable, but it's necessary for greater Mm. is he. The greater is going to come out. And the greater... what, What practically have you done this week? What have we practically done this week? Well, the Lord asked us to fast. And there's always an elephant in the room. If you're looking hard enough, you try to bypass the elephant and see what else you can possibly do. But no, the Lord asked us if we would fast media and fast television. And we like to watch TV when we're relaxing. We're at work all day. We like to relax and watch TV. But he asked us to do something really practical. And we have engaged at a level of conversation that we perhaps haven't done for a long time. Do you know what? That is so sweet. So sweet. Thank you, Rosie. That was great. Now, that's, that's, that's Kevin and Rose's journey at the moment. That might not be yours, but it might be that he's asking you to do something that you can go deeper, yes? Now, you'll hear this again and again, because this is something we've heard recently. The commandments that are in the Bible are non-negotiable. The, the commandments we can't change. The Lord has set some things in the scripture that we can't argue about, And we have to make a choice as a believer. I'm going to love what you love, Lord, and I'm going to agree with what you've set. And God says this, if you live in my world my way, it will work. But the disciplines are invitations to encounter and maturity. How do you like that? Not my words, but the disciplines are invitations to encounter and maturity. That's why he gives you free will Nobody's telling Kevin and Rosie they have to fast. They have, they have come to the Lord and said, I want more of you, Lord. What could we do for a season? Might not be forever, but what at this moment could we do to have more of you? Well, switch the television off and talk to one another and have an opportunity to pray together and see what I might do in the middle of you. Wow. That makes me go, Wow. So the disciplines are invitations to encounter. The pursuit of God has to come over programs and rituals. 
Church isn't for us to just come, come together and sit and look at the back of somebody else's head. Church isn't just for us to come and hear a nice message. Church should be a place when we gather, where we pursue him, where we're looking for God in the moment with other believers. He comes in the midst of us. When we're on our own, he's in the room. He's everywhere present. But when we gather and worship, we build a throne for him where the atmosphere becomes charged with his presence. And faith begins to arise, doesn't it? When you're with other people, you can believe for things you can't really believe for when you're on your own. Because you think, "Mm, is that just me or is it God? I'm not sure. And when you're with other people that believe Faith starts to be generated in an atmosphere where God can then manifest. God can make himself known. Do you get that? And the thing is, Jesus said, or it says about Jesus in Luke, when he comes back, will he find a lovely group of people praying to him on the earth? No. When he comes back, will he find this, that, the other? No. It says when he comes back, will he find faith? He's only looking for faith. He's only going to respond to faith. We can cry and we can shout and we can bawl and we can holler. He's not after any of that. He's not after a performance. He's after the faith that we release. We can sing and sing and sing and sing. You know, football stadiums are filled with people singing every week. And they can sing Christian songs. But because they're not believers, he can't manifest because he's looking for faith. Here's a group of people who believe me. Here's a group of people who believe me. I can get amongst them and I can do signs and wonders. Hallelujah. That's our God. So we're a people who pursue and we're a people who encounter. And we need to be asking the Lord and looking for that encounter above performance. And that isn't just about anybody on the stage. It's anything in our life. What is the motive? Some, a, a mentor of mine years ago said to me, you know, the only thing that the Lord is really going to challenge you on is your attitude and your motive. Because a lot of the time, you can hide your attitude. Now, I can't. You can tell when, I'm, when I've got a bad attitude. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. But you know, and your motive as well. You've heard that little story about a little boy, haven't you? And his, his mum's is in church and his mum's saying, you sit down and you stay sitting down. And don't you dare stand up, you sit there. And he says, well, I might sit here, but I'm standing up on the inside. And we can have that attitude inside. You can tell me what you like, but I know different. I, I know better. And, and that motive inside, the things that go on in the hidden place, nobody can see them, but God can. He can search the very depths of our heart. So we need to be pursuing him and we need to be encountering him. It's no good anymore to say, I became a Christian 20 years ago. We need to be having conversations about what is he doing today? How is he moving your heart today? How is he touching you today? What is he revealing of himself in you today? That's what it's about. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is in himself destroyed or lost? He who loves his life will find it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. So as I was preparing this, I was thinking, you know, your adventure begins now. 
you can make some choices about the rest of your life. Psalm 16:11 says this, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That is a great, it's not very good on that screen, it's better on that screen, but that is a great uh, preaching uh, sermon for somebody. Path, presence and pleasures. I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but I might one day. He will show you the path of life. So anyone, anyone here tonight that is saying, I don't know the next step. I'm not sure of the next decision. I've got a few decisions to make and I'm not sure. He will show you the path of life. He's not going to lead you down the garden path, as they say. In your presence is fullness of joy. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'm feeling down. I don't quite know, Lord, how this thing's going to work out. In your presence is fullness of joy. I just need to get myself in the presence. Because joy will come on me if I get in the presence. And at your right hand where you are, Lord, in that place, there are pleasures forevermore. So I'm nearly through. This was said of John the Baptist uh, in Isaiah, preparing the way for Jesus' coming. And this same scripture is reiterated in Mark, in Mark's gospel and Matthew's gospel and Luke. The voice of one crying in the desert or the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I put it to you that when we are on this journey, this very scripture can be who we are. The valleys and the mountains and the crooked places and the rough places, Jesus can work all those out as you encounter him and as you pursue him. So that you become the voice. You become the voice of one crying. As you give your life in pursuit and encounter, you become the voice of the one crying. You become the one that people look to. You become the one that they say, I want to be like that person. I want to follow them as they follow Jesus. Yes? The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And some of you have heard me speak on this. The glory of the Lord is not some ethereal cloud that's going to come over the hill and come and settle on the nation. And we're going to go, oh, look, the glory of the Lord has come. The glory is his reputation who he is. And it's going to be Jesus rising on the inside of you and on the inside of me so that when I look into your eyes, I see him. That's the glory. When that scripture that says, and the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, it's going to be men and women who have so encountered him, so been in the glory, so been in the presence, so been in his pleasures forevermore that he rises up on the inside and I can see him in you. I believe as as the days get darker, some of us might even find ourselves in places where we won't have our Bibles. We won't be able to talk about the name of Jesus. Do you know that goes on in the world today? There are some places where they're not allowed to say his name. So you can't say to someone, "Uh, are you a believer? Do you know Jesus? They're having to look in each other's eyes. And your eye is the window to the soul. And if you're full of him, let me tell you, people are going to see him. They're going to see him through you. 
I become the voice of one crying by the life that I live. So how should I live? How should I let this encountering life, this pursuing life be worked out? couple of scriptures. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? B, let your conduct be without covetousness. Let your walk be. Let your walk be with him. And be content with the things that you have. Don't go after things that you don't need. Yes? Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait, or on you I follow all the day. That's what I want my meditation to be this week. I want to be one who follows him. So he's leading me. He's teaching me. So I follow him. Amen. Amen. So let me read you a couple more scriptures. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, let the dead bury their dead. To Matthew at the tax office, follow me. There, Matthew 419, 822. Uh, Matthew 1038. He who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy. Uh, Matthew sixteen twenty four. If any desire to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If you want to be perfect, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. Six times in Matthew, four times in Mark, three times in Luke, five times in John, Jesus invites us to follow him in the way. Just follow him in the way. Are we going to let him lead? Amen? Are we going to let him lead us in a new way this week? Are we going to let him do some deeper things in us? Yes. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you that you have promised us abundant life and a path and a journey, Lord, of encounter where there are pleasures forevermore. And Lord, we pray for those that are finding it difficult right now, that feel like they're going through a valley or they're, Lord, up a mountain and don't know how to get down. Lord, we're asking, Father, tonight that you would make the path clear and you would lead us. You're a good father and you're a good leader. And Lord, we want to be those who follow after the way. For who discipleship is not difficult, but it is a joy because, Lord, we know the destination. Jesus, we want to thank you for leading us and guiding us this far. And we say, take us on. Amen and amen. We want to make sure that if you have a particular need tonight, that we pray for you. I don't know where you're all at, but we want to offer you that. If you need, a, if you need us to pray for you, please come and... Well, we could have a song, Jane, just to finish. That would be great. Um, I want to pray for you if you have any need or any sickness. Uh, we believe God heals. He's here. And we want to pray for anyone who has any need or any sickness. Otherwise, we'll finish with...